The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Welcome back to the 630 Chad Afternoon News. Well, here's another topic I don't know a lot about, but I've got a guest who can inform me. Canadians, Americans, and many others in the Western Hemisphere will see a blood moon rising. Should uh, the skies clear up enough in the middle of January, it won't be just any blood moon, however. Reports suggest this will be a super blood moon, marking the final lunar eclipse that anyone on Earth will see until May of 2021. Joining us now from the TELUS World of Science is Kate Collins, staff scientist, TELUS World of Science. Hey, Kate, how are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, you know, uh, you hear of scientists, you don't often get to talk to them, so this is uh, this is a treat for me. That's great. I'm glad that we can discuss the upcoming lunar eclipse today. Absolutely. So perhaps you could uh, define some things for me. As I was mentioning off the top half hour of the show, uh, I dropped science in grade seven on purpose. So I'm going to need your help with some definitions here. Uh, What is a blood moon and what is a super blood moon? Yeah, so a blood moon is when we see the moon is actually red. Now, um, the reason that we get a lunar eclipse is that the moon falls into the shadow of the Earth. So usually you would expect a shadow to be black, but in the case of a lunar eclipse, what happens is there's actually some light that comes around the Earth that has to pass through the Earth's atmosphere. Now, this is similar to what we see during a sunset or a sunrise, and that red light actually gets reflected onto the moon. So instead of seeing a black moon, we see that the moon is red, which is why it gets called the blood moon. And, and a super blood moon? Now, it's a super moon because the moon has an orbit around the Earth, but it's not a perfect circle. So sometimes it comes closer to the Earth, and other times it goes slightly further away from the Earth. In this case, the moon is going to be at its closest point to the Earth, so it will appear slightly larger in the sky than Uh, what we're used to seeing. Okay, well, while I've got you defining things, uh, I googled super blood moon, and uh, didn't I find third down a super blue blood moon? And that's not what's going to happen coming up here in January, but just for curiosity's sake, what is a super blue blood moon? You know what? That's a great question, and I actually don't know. Stumped a scientist. You stumped me. (laughs) Good stuff. All right. So where uh, will everyone be able to see this when it happens? It's it's happening when? January 20th? Yeah. So it's the evening of January 20th. And everyone in North America, South America, as well as parts of Europe and Africa will all be able to see this lunar eclipse, which is pretty exciting. And uh, it will happen over the course of about three hours. It'll start where it's a partial eclipse, so only part of the moon will be in the Earth's shadow. And then we will see the total eclipse, which is where it will be red. And that will last for about an hour, after which we'll see the partial again until it clears the shadow and we'll go back to our regular full moon. Nice. And uh, what time of night should this should we be looking up in the sky? So the partial eclipse starts at 8.30 p.m., but the total eclipse starts at 9.41 p.m. Wow. So how often does this happen? I mean, how unusual is this? So this is, uh, lunar eclipses happen um, about one and a half times a year, but they tend to come in clumps. So we just had a clump of lunar eclipses this past year ending now. And then, like you said at the start, the next one that we are going to see is not until May of 2021. 
Hmm. So we'll see that before we have a Metro LRT line working properly. Okay. Um, so what is TELUS doing? Uh, is this an area, I know you can see it from your home and you don't need equipment to do it, but is TELUS open up that night and allowing people to come in and take a look? Yeah, we are definitely open that evening. We're going to be having a celebration starting at 5.30 p.m. We'll have our space gallery open um, as well as our Ziedler Dome. In the space gallery, we'll be having guests actually create their own solar and lunar eclipses. And then in the Ziedler Dome, we're going to be doing a live sky show on the geometry of the eclipse and uh, what guests can expect to see in the night sky later on that evening. And as long as the weather is clear, knock on wood, uh, the RASC Observatory will also be open and there will be extra telescopes set up so guests can come and they can check out the um, lunar eclipse, both the partial and the totality of it, as long as we have clear skies that evening. And so That's not a free, uh, that's, I'm sure you, tell us never charges much. I, let me guess, 10 bucks? Yep, it is 10 bucks to get in, um, but anybody is welcome to come out to the RASC Observatory as well just to check out the eclipse. And as always, events like this are free for members, right? Yes, that is correct. Okay, cool. So, hey, while I got you on the phone, because I know you guys, uh, you girls and guys down at uh, TELUS World of, Center, uh, World, of, World of Science, take great pride in that facility. And I know uh, many parents have been inside of that as part of school trips and that sort of thing. Uh, but can you just tell us a little bit about what you offer just on a regular basis for any Edmontonian? Yeah, so on a regular basis, we have all of our permanent exhibits. Um, so right now we have our brand new space gallery in the Ziedler Dome, um, which the Ziedler Dome has awesome shows that you can go and see, whether it's a live sky show or the feature show that we're playing right now is Aurora. We also have a science garage, which is great for any engineers that like to tinker, like to play with uh, different things and want to be able to create things themselves. Uh, the body gallery is a great place to go and explore to learn more about the human body. My favorite part in there is the grossology part where it's all about uh, yeah. the things we better not talk about over the radio. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw uh, the last time I was in there, I saw a jar uh, filled with, Jay, uh, you're right, I can't think of a way to put it that won't offend somebody. The kind of stuff that comes out of your nose, and it was just, what the heck am I looking at here? But it was for, for, for some unexplained reason, it was absolutely fascinating. Yeah, it's not something we're used to seeing in a, a liter vat. <laughs> no, exactly right. Um, you've got a display either coming up or on right now. Uh, years ago, you did the, um, was it called Bodies? I can't remember. It was... Uh, yeah, Body World. Body World. And uh, so you've got a, an animal-based one? Exactly, yeah. So this one is, instead of being based on the human body, it's all based on animals. So there's an aquatic portion where you can see um, squids, octopus, um, and lots of other aquatic animals. And then there's also other parts that have all sorts of animals from reindeer to giraffes to ostriches. Um, so it's a really cool place where you can see not only what the animal looks like, but you can see all of the muscles and the circulatory system, uh, the digestive tract. So you can really get an idea of what animals look like on the inside. And it's a great way to compare how they are similar to us in ways and also different. Good stuff. Uh, you still getting tons of schools coming there on a daily basis? Yes, we are. This week is lots of camps, and then starting next week again, we will have lots of school groups coming through. 
You know, I, I used to love uh, doing that. And, and, you know, you'd go on these. I was a dad who didn't work during the day, so I was always available to go, which meant I could take the boys to the washroom. So that I was a valuable resource uh, because most of the rest of the chaperones were women. Um, but, you know, it's in, from your perspective, I can only imagine what it looks like. But from my perspective then, when you were looking at displays and you have these grade two or three students, their eyes are just so wide open. I'm, I'm confident you probably recruited a few scientists over the years just from those excursions. Yes, definitely. We actually have our mini scientist birthday parties right now where they get a mini purple lab coat. And the number of kids that have come back wearing their purple lab coats to do more science is pretty incredible. So <laughs> we're always recruiting. That is good stuff. Uh, Kate Collins from the uh, Tell Us World of Science. Thanks for uh, bringing us up to date and informing us a little bit. And when we get off here, are you going to go look up uh, Super Blue Blood Moon? I sure am. All right. Let me know. Kate, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Have a great day. Thanks. You as well. Bye-bye. Uh, I mentioned uh, a moment ago before the news that uh, a couple of stories in um Related to comedy, uh, one was uh, Louis C.K. The other, of course, is uh, Super Dave uh, Osborne, or Bob Einstein, Einstein, I think it's actually pronounced, but Bob Einstein uh, is his real name. He's a, he was a writer, actor, producer. You know him, as I mentioned, as Super Dave Osborne, um, but I remember him uh, as well from back in the days of Bizarre. Do you remember that? A Canadian production. Uh, he was also Larry Middleman on Arrested Development, Marty Funkhauser on Curb Your Enthusiasm. He won an Emmy as part of the writing staff for the Smothers Brothers back in 1969. Remember that? Uh, he also earned a writing Emmy in 1977, the year I graduated from high school, for his work on the Dick Van Dyke show. Uh, or Dick, I should say Dick Van Dyke and Company uh, series. As we go to break, let's... Uh, turn that on. Let's listen to a little of uh, Super Dave. I put on my favorite song. You know what? He even has the lyrics here for me. He doesn't forget anything. Have a great week. See you next week. Trailer for sale. Rooms to let 50 cents. No phone, no Put a couch on your car. Give this a try. It's sensational fun. I don't pay no union dues. I smoke gross coffees. I have found short but not too big. Trisha, I should have written it down. Trisha Kittleman, 
Well, you're just going with Trisha Kendallman. Yes. Yep. Uh, Trisha Kendallman back in studio again. Uh, you left earlier to uh, reply to some emails and get uh, the rest of the days shown up. And I asked you just a moment ago, and I don't know, I, I don't know, because you and I have only worked together probably about, what, five or six years ago? Y- yeah, yeah. At a remote at a McDonald's. <laughs> do you remember that? I do, actually. For their Throwback. happy days or Deep whatever? Cut. Yes, I mean, yeah. happy day. It was one of the first remotes I ever did. Oh, yeah. so memorable. Uh, I feel like so special now. We were out on the boulevard and people kept honking at us. That's yes. what I remember. We were right between the boulevard and the drive-thru. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do, yeah. It was it was a, a great setup. <laughs> I remember the engineer trying to duct tape the cord down <laughs> over the drive-thru. It's not going to happen. But he's an engineer, so you're like, Has well, Apparently he's done this before. Um, I asked you your age. So what I was going to say was, I don't know, uh, you know, because we don't work together a lot, what's uh, inbounds and what's out of bounds. So I share everything. Okay. I don't know if you do. So you don't don't feel obligated. The reason, do you want to say your age? Oh, sure, yeah. Okay. 33. 33. Yeah. Okay, great. The reason I ask is I saw this the other day and I wanted to get your... Uh, reaction to it without you knowing at all what I'm about to talk about. So welcome Hot to uh, yeah, welcome to Jayla and I's world. <laughs> uh, there was a study done, and it was about uh, it was an income tax study in Canada. Okay. Um, but among the many findings, uh, as studies often do, they accidentally find out something where you go, "Hey, wait a minute." So it was they were looking at uh, millennials and those in their 20s, 30s, basically, okay. uh, as part of the study, and they were looking at. Uh, income. That's what the study was about. <laughs> don't, don't. We're not going to talk about your income. <laughs> but among the other things that popped up was their charitable donations. Oh, okay. And what they discovered was that charitable donations among younger people, 20s and 30s, is plummeting. Mm-hmm. And that it's not where it was even a few years ago. And it's certainly a far cry from where it was 10 or 15 years ago. Um, so they did a follow-up study to sort of look into this a little bit. And this was the Fraser Institute, which does great work, right? Uh-huh. Um, and what they discovered was that millennials were donating their time. Yeah. And that, that that's where younger people were thinking they could do the most benefit or they could afford to do the most. So I wondered what your take was on that. Yeah, I, I actually, as you were kind of talking about the dollars, I was ready to kind of come back with, you know, I think we're more about putting our time in for a variety of reasons. I think a lot of it being we just don't have the dollars. It's tough sometimes, you know, wages. We hear it all the time. It's millennials are struggling to get mm-hmm. into those higher paying positions and stuff, right? Um, but also I know that we have questions, and I think we all do, not just millennials, about where our dollars are going when we make those donations and when we can actually get involved, get hands-on, I think we have greater confidence in that we made a difference, whether it was Mm. with our donation or with our time. I actually know a friend uh, who lives in Calgary and he's organized a couple different fundraisers now, but they call them time raisers. So the whole premise is that you sign up with these uh, nonprofit organizations and for time commitments rather than donating dollars. So it's a great way for them to be able to expand their volunteer base oh, yeah. and um, and reach out that way and, and get those people moving with their organizations in a variety of different ways. Well, that's interesting. This year, and I give this credit to entirely to Carol because mm-hmm. I had nothing to do with this, but during our festival last year, one of the uh, door prizes that ATB Financial gave away was an ATB Financial Cares card, I think it was called. Oh, okay. And but we had never heard or seen of it before. So what it was was like 50 or $100. You go on ATB's site and you pick the charity. And if it's a, if it's a registered charity in Alberta, mm-hmm. it's on the site. Cool. 
and you just say where you'd like that 50 or $100 to go to. So this year at Christmas, because as I say, we'd never seen this before, that was the gift we gave to uh, brothers, sisters. Um, well, that's great. Yeah, and and it's kind of cool because, I mean, I don't know how it went over, to be honest with you. I like the idea, but... I, I like the idea that, as you say, if perhaps you'd like to help out an organization, but you don't have the time or you don't have the money, mm-hmm. that this is an opportunity for you to to take a hundred dollars and okay, I'm giving a hundred dollars, and you get the tax receipt. By yeah. The way. Oh, that's cool too. Yeah. And everyone does kind of have that. Like for for me, it tends to be animals. I'm definitely one of those people that this like that. Yeah, those are the charities too. that definitely yeah. kind of are the first to jump to my mind when I make a donation for something. But everyone has that sort of pet project that they really yeah. want to support too, right? So by giving them something like that, it really gives them the opportunity to put it somewhere that they'd like, rather than you being like, "I decided to donate here for you. You're welcome." Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly, because that would be the other way to do it, yeah. and I don't, I don't particularly like that way of doing it. But I like this because it's hands on, and you decide, yeah. right? And I, I thought about this, and I don't know what you would think, but because I'm considerably older than you, yeah, a little like bit. almost thirty Fine. years older than you, I think when it comes to donating money or donating in general or helping charity, and I, I think it's great that younger people are volunteering because that's necessary as well. Mm-hmm. But I think back to Halloween and going around with the UNICEF boxes, and I think about how that sort of taught us that there was those individuals out there that were not uh, as well off as we were, and it as children we all thought, yes, this is something we need to do and we need to help, and I don't. I don't want to say specifically it's just that one thing, but mm-hmm. it feels to me like by the time I was 18, I already knew you help charities. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. I do think it's really important to get kids involved, whether it is with their time or with their dollars. Or yeah, I remember taking out the little UNICEF yeah. boxes for pennies on Halloween. Totally. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think it's important to uh, to get kids involved. My early radio days included uh, some time spent in like radio promotions. Yeah. And I was at another station in town where just after Hurricane Katrina, we collected teddy bears. Oh, and yeah, it wow. uh, really caught on. And it was because people were finding ways to get their kids involved in the donating. Yeah. And, and it really it did well. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. I always find that people want to help, but don't always have the vehicle to help. Exactly. And if you give it to them or provide or make it easy to do, mm-hmm. they'll do it, right? Because generally speaking, I still think people are pretty good. Generally. Mm-hmm. If you don't look at the text line. <laughs> All right. We'll uh, take a break for news and uh, news headlines. When we come back, oh, yeah, we're going to be talking to uh, Devin Trediak. He's with, uh, he's the owner of Harold's Towing and Recovering Grand Prairie. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.